Hello everyone, this is Pastor Jack Wilson and this is You Think. Today I want to talk to you about a very important subject. Something that you should know already. Something that you should be very happy with, thrilled with. Yet when people tell you this, you kind of like shrug it off. The title of today's talk is... God loves you. God loves you. Deuteronomy 23, 5 says, Nevertheless, the Lord thy God would not hearken unto Balaam, but the Lord thy God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee, because the Lord thy God loved thee. Wow. These people wanted to curse Israel, and uh, God would not let them because he loved them. Sometimes we wonder why bad things happen. And I said there's always a reason why. But let me give you three. One, you screwed up. Two, God is testing you. And three, the natural progression of sin. Now let's take each one individually. There are more reasons, but this will suffice for now. Number one, you screwed up. You have heard the scientific theory of what goes around comes around. Or for each action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Well, say you started kicking the wall until your foot broke. I know, pretty stupid. But we all do very stupid things that afterwards we look at and say, why the heck did I do that? But anyway, after your foot broke, you ask God, why did I break my foot? Why did you allow my foot to be broken? And God would turn around and say, why did you kick the wall? Now this is true with anything. Cheating, stealing, cursing, laziness, and so much more. So then you ask God to heal you. And he says, okay, go to the doctor. He will put a cast on it. And in three months, it will all be better. And you say, why, Lord? Can't you fix it now? And he says, I can, but I won't. If I fix it now, you will never remember that it is wrong to kick the wall. I love you and want you to be happy. Wow. God allows your pain and suffering because he wants you to be happy. Duh. You get a lot more pain and suffering if he didn't. So let's go back to the opening verse. Deuteronomy 23.5 Nevertheless the Lord thy God would not hearken unto Balaam but the Lord thy God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee because the Lord thy God loved thee. Israel was cursed, but God changed it into a blessing, and that wasn't the first time. We read about the time after time that the Jews called out to God because they were in bondage, and God turned their captivity in a, to a blessing. Why were they in captivity? Well, I, th I think you know. They screwed up. Many times he sent deliverers, or in the case of Daniel and Joseph, he made them leaders. But nothing came without time and testing. Jesus went to, uh, Joseph rather, Joseph went to prison and Daniel to the lion's den. Do you see that verse? It said God turned the curse into a blessing because he loved them. Joseph went to prison. Wow. And yet, 
Before you know it, Joseph became second in control of all Egypt. And Daniel to the lion's den. And yet he was the head of all the heads of uh, Babylon. God loves you too. That sounds like such a cliche, right? But it's true. And until you learn the magnitude of his love, you will live a much different life. You see, you don't understand the love of God. You know it's there. You know he saved you. You know he died for your sins. But it's all a pretty much a cliche. Is the way of love. 1 Corinthians 13, 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, we call charity love in action. I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling single, a symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not love in action or charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and had not charity, love and action, it profits me nothing. These first four verses describe us. Even if we are great givers, and even if we have great spiritual gifts, if we have not charity, we have nothing. Goes on to say, verse... Uh, for charity suffereth long it puts up with things and it's kind charity envieth not charity vaunteth not itself it is not puffed up doth not believe itself unseemly seeketh not her own is not easily provoked thinketh no evil rejoices not in iniquity but joy rejoiceth in the truth beareth all things believeth all things hopeth all things endureth all things charity never faileth but whether there be prophecies they shall fail whether there be tongues they shall cease whether there be knowledge it shall vanish away for we know in part and we prophesy in part but when that which is perfect is come that which is in part shall be done away with now let me tell you something all these verses would pre pertain to a perfect God he doesn't do any of these things wrong but if we counted to ourselves, how many of these things would we have done wrong then real charity is love in action it makes us deny ourselves. it makes us give up our pleasures for someone else it makes us go on and it says, when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. And they, and they talk about, you know, a lot of Baptist pastors talk about this. It's, that means that uh, when they, then the scriptures are all put together, uh, the, 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 the gifts of the Spirit will be gone. And that's just a crock of, you know what. All right? All that means is when Christ returns, when Christ, when we're reunited with Christ, that is the perfect that has come. That is the part which we shall be done away with. We shall now be fully reunited with him. And we will have no use for spiritual gifts. These verses describe charity. 
We aren't happy when someone else fails. We are joyful when we speak or hear truth. We carry the load. We believe it that God says we hope in his truth and we don't give up. <coughs> Chapter 11, uh, verse 11 says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. That was me. For years, I spoke as a child. In my 20s, I spoke as a child. A little bit into my 30s, I spoke in my child, my 40s. But then God touched me, and I became a man, and I put away childish things. Number 12, for now we see through a glass darkly. We don't see everything that we need to see, but then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. It's not talking about the scriptures. It's talking about looking into the face of God and knowing the truth. 1313 now is and now abideth faith, hope, and charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. Even if you have great faith and wonderful hope, being a charity charitable person makes you on top of all of them. These last verses say much. When I was a child, I understood as a child. When we are truly saved, we understand as a child. We call out to God, Abba, which means Father, and we believe He can do everything. Unfortunately, when we have grown, there are some things we put away that we should not have done, namely that childlike faith. I pray all here have already received Christ as a child. I also pray that all listening still remembers and still believes as a child. Paul said, what we see now is not clear, but one day we will see it all, including our Father. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 4.29, But it, from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if thou shalt seek him with all thy heart and with thy soul. The Lord is still to be found. Your joy, your peace, your happiness all depends on your love for Him. When we first get saved, it's it's kind of like it's 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 such a wonderful thing. It's such an explosive thing in our heart. We understand that God has loved us and died for us, and and it's overwhelming. It, it really is. It's a wonderful experience. Unfortunately, as we start traveling on, we seem to forget things. You know, it's, it's, we seem to forget things. And we no longer uh, think about how glorious it is to know God, how wonderful it is to serve God, even how smart it is to believe God. We start doing things our own way. We start trying to figure out our own problems. Let me tell you something. Since I've been, I became a man in a spiritual sense, there's so many times, and I'm not saying I don't mess up, we all mess up, but there's been so many times when the crisis has come upon us and I said, that's all right. This is not something that surprises God. God knows all about it. 
<coughs> we'll just leave it to him. And you know what? It goes away. It just goes away. And so we, we forget or we don't understand that God wants to intervene in our lives. Here, here's an example, uh, and, and I think this portrays it very well. You have a child that's growing up, and, and when he's a baby, he's sucking on his mother, and he depends on his uh, mother and father for everything, changing diapers and, and putting them to sleep and helping them to learn how to walk and teaching them how to talk and how to use a spoon and, and how to go to the bathroom. I mean, everything. And the child learns and he grows. And as he's a little boy, he wants to follow his father around all the time or his mother around all the time when he's a little girl and, and vice versa. And, and, and the thing is, it's a wonderful experience how you play with your child, you enjoy your child, and your child enjoys you. And then at some point, they get older. And all of a sudden, they, they have no need for you. Oh, they have a need for you. Dad, you got some money? All right. Mom, when we eating? Mom, do we have that, that, my blue shirt, is it clean? You know, that kind of thing. But there's no more of that interaction. I don't know whose fault it is. Could be the parent's fault. Could be the child's fault. Could be both of his fault. But the truth of the matter is, that's how it is with God. At one minute you're born again and you're depending on him for your very life and another minute you're too big for him. Too big for him. You know, uh, your, your father's teaching you how to ride a bike and all of a sudden at one point said, hey, I could do it, Dad. Don't hold my seat anymore and you might fall. And I understand you need to go through some... Uh, uh, chain of events before you learn how to ride a bike or learn how to do a lot of things but your father just wants to hold your seat one more time he just wants to protect you and you say no and when you say no you fall and you bloody up your knee and what's that teach you teach you that you're not as smart as you think you are <laughs> the problem is this and and it's in all of our lives and I, I wish you would understand this anything you need in life need in life not once anything you need in life will be provided to you from God if you have it and it's needed it's from God now anything you want in life may not necessarily be provided by God but God does bless you and he does give you things that you would really like to have and if you just wait on him and depend on him and tell God whatever you give me I'll be satisfied with you will be James says you will be perfect and complete wanting nothing doesn't mean you have everything it means you don't want anything you don't need to have anything could be nice if you got it but you don't desire it in such a way that it's making you crazy that you need to have it. Depend on God for everything and he will give you the desires of your heart. But we heard that before. I said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, David asked God to give him the desires of his heart. 
He wasn't asking God to give him what he wanted. He was asking God to put God's desires in David's heart so that when David prayed for something, it would be the exact things that God wanted him to have. Have you ever thought of asking God that? Have you ever said to God, God, give me your desires. Let me desire what you desire for me. Let me pray and ask thee for the things that you want me to have. Or do you think that the things that God wants you to have may be boring and will make you unhappy? I don't think that's what's going to happen, folks. I think you will be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. And now, if I can pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for these people that they will know who you are, desire who you are, serve you as who you are, Lord God, bless you for who you are, and in return, Lord, know all the joy of knowing who you are. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you need to talk to me, if you need to... Uh, uh, ask me a question, argue with me, promote me, whatever you want to do. My, my email address is 7101 at usa.net. That's 7101 at usa.net. Uh, I'll be waiting to hear from you. And until next week, bye-bye.